0: You know, I, I haven't really done it that much, but I, I try to do my politicking through my horn mostly. You know, and that's that I think that's the better way to do it. But you have to be welcome, you know, you have to be considered a good person that they they'll they'll take you either who's got the best attitude, right?
1: Warning. This episode contains adult language and adult humor. Since when have Trumpet players ever been considered adults? If you are easily offended by these types of conversations, consider switching to the oboe. Welcome to the Trumpet Gurus Hang Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Johnson. My guest for this episode is Walt Johnson. In the world of lead trumpet players, Walt is a true Superman. His stellar career has spanned six decades and has given him the opportunity to lend his prodigious talents to two of the biggest names in the history of modern music, the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, and the king, Elvis. His method book, Double High C in 10 Minutes, still tops sales charts, and his newest book, Low Gear, High Gear, is destined to become another classic. So, pour yourself a big glass, pull up a chair, and let the hang begin. Welcome to this episode of the Trumpet Gurus Hang, and I am joined by the legendary, yes, oh and I gosh. said that the legendary Walt Johnson. Not and only great, n- n- he's, not, he's, not he's, only is he a great trumpet player, he has a great last name. So Walt, easy to remember, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. presidents, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and you know it's, it, we share a last name. I think it's probably about all in love. Yeah, it, you, so. Jose.
0: Yeah, are so. you Abasturri? Uh, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, my well, my name my, like my, Jose, and you got that muerta, dide muerto uh, playing the trumpet on yeah, your yeah, test.
1: Yeah. My, my My mother is Mexican, and uh, w- when I was born, my first words were in Spanish, but she stopped speaking Spanish uh right when I was born and yeah so, I understand uh, that generation
0: didn't want you. yeah I understand
1: yeah, yeah. so so I'm, and she still to this day goes why didn't you learn to speak Spanish I'm like hey you stopped speaking it so hey don't blame me man don't blame me but
0: well, I, uh, I learned in in uh in high school I grew up in El Monte California and uh and I, I had a real good Spanish teacher Mr. lapumba and he really made me learn so I and then I lived in Mexico for eight years and uh Learned a lot of mariachi songs, and and I produced an album, couple couple albums down there with mariachi musician. I mean uh, Mexican musicians, mm-hmm. guitars and stuff. Oh, that was great. Yeah, they, they, those are available on um, yeah. somewhere. You
1: know. Yeah, somewhere we'll find <laughs> it. Uh, well, you know, and and speaking of which, um, you know, for for those of you who who don't know Walt, um, you know, you can certainly Google him. Um, you have had a very varied, very varied uh career i mean you you have uh you've done so many things and you work with so many great uh musicians over the years some very high profile ones uh and you know you've got so many other projects that that are going on and and i don't even sometimes i don't even know where to begin with someone who's got your acumen but um let's i I just want to actually start kind of um at the beginning stages of your career um so when did you when did you first feel that bug that, that was like, man, trumpet is what I want to do for the rest of my life
0: Well, you know it's all in high school you uh, you you get encouraged you know they, they have you play solos and you enter competitions and stuff, and that's where trumpet becomes uh competitive I, I hate to say it, but it, it is like a sport competitive you you know the, the quickest draw in the west sort of uh, the who can play the best and who the fastest and the highest and all, all that everything you know in the best tone and, and uh in high school uh, my sophomore year i was third trumpet and with all the you know there was several like 12 trumpet players and i challenged my way every couple of weeks i challenged the next one up all the way to the lead one and when i passed the this, the second to the last guy he hated me you know i mean he 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 got nervous and he couldn't play and he stuttered and, and he, and I passed him up so that, you know, he had to give it to me and he was a good player, a good guy. But, and, and uh, Lanny Morgan told me one time, he says, oh, you trumpet players, you all hate each other. And we don't, but I know what it is. And, and we I was, I was doing an interview the other day and I, I told Ko, I said, you know, that we, we did a section, Joe, Joe Davis, Rick Baptist, John Madrid and myself for, High note players, high note artists, all of them, right. you know, mm-hmm. lead players. And we just gelled and we harmonized and we got, it was a friendly team effort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we excel at each excel as another. We tried to make each other sound good. That's what trumpet is playing in a section is all about. Right. You know, and I've had that experience with the Chase Band and I've had that experience in New York brass sections, but it's, it's you don't really find it that often anymore. I mean, I, I you know, it'd be you know, you get four players that just, you can hear that ring when you play, you know, when you play a chord. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. The Chase band had it too. Those guys, a- Alan Ware, Teddy Piercefield, and Jerry Van Blair were the, on the, the ones on Get It On. And they asked me to come in and take Bill Chase's place with that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, it wasn't until I played the, the high notes on the first thing that they, they, they really accepted me. You know, they yeah. they, 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 they kind of like, oh, are you. You the guy you know the screen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well you know it, it that that's really an interesting statement you know about uh you know you guys locking in that way yeah i've had i've had conversations with uh you know a lot of a lot of different lead players and and um it seems like that there's this 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 desire to have someone uh, especially as a wingman to have someone in the section or more pe- or, or several people in the section that understand the role of being a lead player that you know they're, they're competent lead players in their own right but they're yeah, able to, to understand the dynamics and what you need uh what you need as a lead player from your support players because it, it's you know it's one thing to kind of think it but if you've been in that lead chair you know what you need and so then, when you're in that support role, then it's a little easier for you to step into that role. So
0: good point. No, it's a good. Good point. You, uh, uh, I mean, I played literally with hundred when I traveled with Frank Junior and Elvis and all these. I was in a different city, and we picked up different bands. And I was, you know, the lead chair. We had to have a rehearsal, and I noticed the, the right away, the guy sitting next to me, what his attitude was going to be, you know. And uh, I tried to tried to straighten him out, but. Some of them were just like wanted to to prove themselves to me by playing over me, and that just did the opposite, you know. No, you exactly what you just said you have it's a team effort, and when you're an elite player, you understand you can break this guy's back, or you can you can like play under him and make him sound good, play in tune with him, and and you know, if he's bends a note, bend it with him, you know, or do something and vibe, you know, it's uh. Uh, yeah, there's too many of those guys that just try to outroll you. But yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a peeve, and no, nobody, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah, and so, and I
1: think even beyond that too, there's there's a certain thing. I mean, um, you know, the, the style obviously that that's a big thing. But I mean, also it's the sound. You know, it's like if you get a group of really solid, you know, lead type players playing together. Man, you can get this sizzle out of the oh, yeah,
0: yeah, that yeah. ring, yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, I just, I just got. I mean, I know we're going to shift gears into colli- to my collegial. I this was the horn that I played on all the chase and the Elvis and uh, like in uh, seven gears in Las Vegas and and all the this was like from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen to nineteen ninety eight. So yeah. thirty years I played this one. Or- it wore out, and uh, it had it's it's a tire patch. This is a, the, a leader pipe over this leader pipe. But I'm starting to play this again. Yeah, I just had it overhauled. Uh, yeah. Carlos Morales, I think, did it, uh, but and he did a great job. And it's just a great trumpet. Trum- I'm, I'm loving it. Anyway, it just and it's got what you're talking about that ring. Uh, that I, I'm not gonna. But it's got that real warm, brassy sound. Yeah. You know, just and you can and and I noticed today when I was playing, I can I can really make it, I can hear it above the, the band when you're playing lead and you want that Conrad Gazel thing. I believe in that Conrad Gazel for a lead play, you know, and, and everyone else should be just a little under. Mm-hmm. No matter if, and if he comes down, but up come with him, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: but it's just it's, rare to find players like that but you know it's a sensitivity toward where you really want to sound good or you want to compete you know
1: yeah yeah and you know i whether it's sports or music or or anything um i definitely buy into the team concept and it always that's when things always got you know got my my uh my feathers ruffled if you will um like with all-star teams all-star bands
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody's, everybody's trying to, to, to fill their stat sheets. Everybody's trying to, you know, outshine the other person instead of, you know, Hey, let's, let's let this guy get the spotlight for right now. let, let, you know, this, this guy's got the hot hand, let's let him do it because, you know, the win is more important than me looking good. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes uh, like in sports and in music that, uh, it's it's too easy to get caught up in the ego side of things and you know make it about me 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 instead of we 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 we.
0: Well, you have to have an ego. You have to have an ego uh, to play trumpet. I mean that's that's given. Especially you know, because it's trumpet. a loud instrument and there's no such thing as a closet plan. You know. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's so you know, but uh, and you know, nobody's perfect. You know, and, and I think perfection is a clam, you know, I, you know, but, but anyway, I, uh, I like being, uh, creative. I like creating things out of nothing like, like, um, I, I tell the story I was crossing Sunset Boulevard and, uh, on the way to the Dick Clark salute show. And I dropped my reunion blues bags on the the Sunset Boulevard on the crosswire, And I picked them up and kept going. And, uh, and I got there, and my second valve would go down on this trumpet. This is the same trumpet. Okay. And the second valve wouldn't go down. And I was like, oh man, I had to play this whole thing I said, somebody's got to make a better case than this. You know, so I I started spending money on research and I came up with the cases. And for 30 years I made cases, I had a case factory. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, actually, it was one of the things that, that I, I wanted to talk to with you about. Um, is, is how you got into that because, uh, yeah, the, the first time I, I had ever seen or heard of the, of a Walt Johnson case was actually not a trumpet player it was a sax player. And, uh, you know, uh, Yeah. They,
0: they're they're very popular on sax, but really. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. And then it's like, Walt Johnson.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It had to be a different Walt Johnson. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love to tell the story when I went into Rayburn music and, uh, I was just joking around with it. I said, you got any of those Walt Woodward cases here? And they said, you mean the Walt Johnson case? And I said, well, what is the best case you got here? They were trying to sell me the Pro-Pack or something. You know. And I said, "Well, don't check those Walt Woodward cases, the Walt Johnson case. They said, they're a little uh, pricey and they're a little heavy. And I said, well, are they any good? They said, oh, yeah, they're supposedly the best. And I said, well, you better say that. And they said, why? Because I'm Walt. And they, <laughs> they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me. I pull out my wallet. I had to show my my driver's license. You know.
1: Oh, that's great. But, yeah.
0: but they were expecting some some old guy in a tire. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, so it, it it was a very practical uh, experience that brought you to that point of, of researching to, to make cases. So that well, I,
0: mean... I wanted it for myself. I yeah. wanted to make a case, and I and I, but in order to do so, I had to buy so many hundred pounds of aluminum. I had to buy all this. Yeah. I had to get, and then, you know, find out how to bend that stuff. And it was, it was a long road. And now this guy in Nottingham, uh, North Carolina, his name is Brian Curry. He has a company called get a sacks. He's on Facebook and he's, uh, manufacturing the cases now. And he's right now there's a supply chain problem with getting aluminum. So he's waiting for that. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. dragging out but we we're hoping that by this end of this year we'll have those cases out again nice. including the single trumpet and tenors and you know some some others i hope
1: awesome uh so have you always been like a you know a, a innovative kind of guy a tinkerer or designer or things like that
0: I, I like i like creating things out of nothing you know like uh you know like an album uh, an album is it's like building a fence you know you you start out and you you know you write the tune and you get the chords and you know and you get the instruments and then you record it and you put a tracks so and you just yeah. and, and then you mix it and you know it's just it's creating i love creating things and uh, you know there's a there's a gratification to it and, mm-hmm. you know and yeah. uh, so no but uh, i've uh, i have no complaints about you know, I could quit trumpet today, which I'm not going to, but I could, and I, and I feel like I've, I've done enough,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, you're, you're one of those people who's, uh, you know, your, your career has, has spanned so many decades and you have played, uh, with so many different genres and so many different, um, outlets that, you know, there are a lot of people who, if they just took one of those little aspects of your career, they would be like, oh, you know, I've made it, but you, you know, you've done all these things. So uh, yeah, I want, I want to go back to, uh, you know, kind of just that, the, that beginning stage, because, um, you know, when I, when I was, uh, growing up and, and really, you know, getting bit by the bug, uh, that was back in the days when, when there were still a lot of touring big bands. So there's, there are there a lot of, there are a lot of opportunities for trumpet players. The, the late sixties, 60s, late
0: sixties,
1: late sixties. Yes, sir. Yeah, late sixties yeah. you know, or seventies uh, things like that. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I can, I can remember, you know, going to see you know, Maynard and, and, you know, Buddy and and Woody and, and all those guys are just, you know, they're coming through the areas and things like that. And, and there was, there was plenty of opportunities uh whether you, you need know, to, to listen to the music but but also you know if you're if you're a budding player i mean you, you're you're looking at uh those as you know your, your potential job market uh and that's that's changed obviously you know since then but but uh because you were there in, in kind of that um i'm going to say the 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 latter stages uh that uh you know that uh, yeah
0: into the, the big band
1: era yeah the end of the big yeah. band.
0: era well the might the one that got me was size enter if you haven't heard of him. Yeah, absolutely. Cy band, he had a hit up a lazy river. It was a twist. And I was playing lead trumpet at Los Angeles City College. And there was a trumpet player there that was fourth trumpet on Size band. And their lead trumpet player, Billy Chrisman, I want to say, he got a cyst in his gum or something, couldn't play. And they needed a player and they just bang. And there I was still wearing white socks. And you know. <laughs> Well, that was cool back then. And uh, No, it wasn't. Uh, the uh, Frankers, they used to call my shoes, uh, the wingtops, you know. I'd... Okay. And jeez and, I was from Almonte, man. I was square, man. <laughs> but I was going to City College and I was playing lead trumpet there. And so they they said, I get a call from Milt Gainer. And I was, remember I was sitting at the dinner table with my mother and father and my sister and I go to the phone and it's this guy Milt Gainer and he says I hear you can do the Jingo kiss off you know at the end of the Upper Lazy River there was a little kiss off. Do you remember that on the record? I think it was Arnie Tchaikovsky on the on the actual record recording, but Jingo, I heard Jingo do it live. But anyway they wanted me to play Litra. I couldn't believe it. I get on the bus and i got the book. It says first trumpet. I mean, I was like, wow, I'm, you know, and it, it paid 200 a week, and they wanted me to stay on. And the first question, Sai uh, asked me, he says, how are you with the draft? And I said, well, I'm 1A. <laughs> so you know what that means, right? Yeah. It can take you at any minute. He says, right. don't worry, we'll get you out. Right. So he had me go to all these different draft boards and register. I was in Syracuse. I was in God knows where – different cities, he he'd had, and he went in even one time with me to tell him that he I was a necessary part of his orchestra and not to take me And You know, he, he backed me up and he got me out for eight months and we were in Las Vegas and right up on the stage, the marshal came up and handed me the greetings from the United States President of the United States. And because I was delinquent at all those other places, they took me that day
2: oh, and man. there
0: I was at Fort Ord, out in the cold, shivering, you know, they cut all my hair off. and You know, everybody looks different when you go in there, but when you, uh, the next day, everybody looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but I made it. I'm talking about it, but that was, that was tough, man. Yeah. That army for two years, but and I got in the band and that's a whole other Story. I don't know how much time you got, but I, It's a real interesting story, but uh,
1: we've got we've got as much time as you've got, my friend.
0: Oh man, I I was in Vietnam, and I I mean I, I go to Vietnam, and I get uh, I get orders in Hawaii, new orders while I'm on my way to Vietnam, and I was prepared to go to Vietnam, and, but I get new orders that said I was infantry, not not trumpet. You know, in my I was sent there as a trumpet player, but right. not, because there's 14 division bands and one army band in mm-hmm. Vietnam. So I, I get to Hawaii and they they issued this new order and I look and it's oh it says infantry 11 Bravo or something it means, you know. So I get I, I threw those in the trash can as I was getting in the plane and I get I get to Vietnam and I'm standing there and a sergeant comes up and he says, Where's the orders you got in Hawaii? And I said, oh, I didn't get any. I lied you know? And he says, uh, uh, well, everybody got orders. Where's yours? I said, I I, I, didn't, I, didn't get any. And he says, you got any old orders? What's your MOS, my military occupation specialty? And I said, it's O2B2O trumpet. And he says, you got any orders to prove that? And I had my old orders. And he looked at it, he goes, well, we'll have to get you in a band. So every day for two weeks, and here I'm in Vietnam, it's like, uh, 96 degrees, 96% humidity, guys fighting over ice cubes and just like all oh, this weird smells and you know, bugs and, you know, and uh, uh, so for the first two weeks, I had to get, I was line up three times a day and wait for my name to be called and they never called it for two weeks. I'm waiting and waiting. And I, in the meantime, I had to pull details, pick up paper around the, the fort and like, load trucks and b- cook bacon, get up, a- peel potatoes. I mean, it was just that finally they call my name. And report to the, um, the air, uh, the First Air Cavalry Division Band in Phuc You know, so I take this um, helicopter all the way. They drop me there and the guys had been hit by the Tet Offensive the week before. Oh man, and they they were all like the morale was like uh, like really down, and um, and it was a miserable band. It was like I mean the guys were I'd say college level at the best.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean there was here I came from size Zentner's band to to play with like you know kind of mediocre players, but they oh they liked me you know yeah. they all took me into the wings. So, but I got the itch to. Uh, to go to a better band, you know, because these guys weren't helping me, you know.
2: Right.
0: And uh, so I put in for a transfer. And the uh, the captain of the the division, he said, you know, there's only two ways you get out of the the uh, the air cavalry. He says you either die, or duros. That means you serve your entire year, and or you die. Those are only two ways. But I'll give you your three day pass if you want to go audition for the band. And he did. And it was amazing. Man, I went down there and I, the first I played an actual gig at the Vietnamese American Association in the library. And I swear, man, I played perfect. I played everything perfect uh, for lead and I, I nailed everything. And the sergeant comes, he goes, Don't worry, we'll get you in. We'll get you in, don't worry. And I said, Well, they, they say, and I can't get, and he's, Don't worry. So they had connections the they pulled some general got to sign some connection and here i they they put me through detail i go back and they knew that because i was i was excited you know they kind of knew about it but their official order hadn't come down yet to me right and they had me doing stuff like hey move these rocks over here okay now move them back i'm not kidding and, and where's your shine? Shine those shoes here. We're in the middle of the jungle. Shine, you, hey, where's that shoe shine soldier? In? Straighten your belt. Her, like harassment stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I was I really felt it. And after a month, I remember they drove away and I was in charge. Of course, I, they hand me this crumbled up piece of papers. It was a month late. My orders to report to the User servey Band Saigon. So, Benoit. Uh-huh. So that's how I got into the good band. And in that band, there was Tom Salisbury, who's the conductor for Melissa Manchester now. I mean, and, and gr- a brilliant musician. And, and uh, another guy that played with Harry James and another guy that played the New Christy Minstrels. And, you know, I mean, it was like an ace band. Larry Lippold was in there. And just, uh, so I was like, that really helped me because when I got out, I was ready to go back with Cy Zentner because they tell you, you get your job back. You know, when you're with... Uh, when you're drafted,
2: mm-hmm. you're supposed
0: to get your job back. That was part of the deal. And so I go to size in, in Las Vegas after I get back from Vietnam walk, to make a long story short. And he says, Oh, I'm happy with the trumpets I got. But he gave me two weeks in the blue room at the Tropicana with uh, Julie London. And he gave featured me in a, a high note solo ebb tide mm-hmm. and you know, people's ears perked up and I, I got uh, got about five offers and I took the best one, which was uh, playing at the Landmark in the house band. For a year, I did that. And then from there, it just like, wait, you know, you're in the right place at the right time. That's what it's all about. Just like the, being in, the, in that city college when Joe Hackney got me in Cy Zentner's band, I was in the right place at the right time. And that's how it's gonna happen for young musicians. And I'm sure for you too, if that's how your, your career has happened, you've been in the right place, knowing the right people you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, there's a, there is definitely a lot to be said for that. And yeah, I like, uh, there's a definition of luck that I love and it's uh luck is when preparation meets opportunity,
2: opportunity.
0: yeah.
1: you know, and, and that's the thing there's, there's so many, there's so many people that, that, ha, that are doing the, the preparation, you know, it's, it's, uh, I could think about like when I was in college and, and even today, you know, knowing a lot of kids that are in, that are in school, And they're just, they're in the practice room and they're grinding it out and they're, they're putting in the hours, but they're not making an effort to go out and make connections with people. They're not, they're not doing the things to get themselves known and to get themselves noticed and to, to network and things like that. And then there are other people that are doing the networking, but they're not doing the, you know, they're not doing the practice. So, you know, you've got to find that, that you've got to do well. Well, that's
0: why I say it's, it's luck, which is being the right place, right time, knowing the right people. And and I compare it to a roulette wheel. Okay, if you're going to play roulette, and you put a chip on every number, one of those numbers is going to come up. You know, so I I, I compare it to I don't i don't name any names, but there's a certain trumpet player that very successful in the in, in his career, and that's how he did it. He when he played for a an act, he went up to the conductor and he said, "Hey, if you ever need some, here's my card." And I mean, you just that's the, the important people you just and, and you just, uh, you know, I, I haven't really done it that much, but I, I tried to do my politicking through my horn mostly, you know, and that's that I think that's the better way to do it. But you have to be welcome, you know, you have to be considered a good person that they they'll they'll take you either you know, who's got the best attitude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: absolutely yeah that that's a big one and that and that's actually a common theme you know in, in the conversations i've had with with the different guests on this podcast is um the the general consensus is that you know y- you need to be a good person if you want to have a good career you know that because uh you i, I remember my my uh, high school band director uh said to me and this is stuck with me throughout my life is i uh, said you're your talent will get you the gig, but it's your personality that'll keep it for you and
0: you have you heard this one you, you here's Here's your purpose is to play the right note at the right time and get along with everybody
1: I like that one
0: too on <laughs> <laughs> right on the same line right yeah yeah,
1: yeah. but yeah. but that's a true especially when you're when you're dealing with um with some of the the uh, the personalities that you have to deal with, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, we all know that, that trumpet players can be a difficult breed. But uh, you know, you also when you when you're like with your career that you've worked with so many uh, iconic artists, and you know, when when you're when you're working with someone like uh, a Sinatra or uh, an Elvis, um, you know, y- as a trumpet player. Yeah, you know, you you've got uh you've got your your trumpet your your trumpet fans are going to be following you but you're in a support role to that that person and uh you know when when there's when when they're stars at that level there's you know there's a level, level of protocol that that has to go along with that. So um I mean how how did you manage dealing with uh you know your position of of being the the lead player for some of these, you know, a historic and iconic artist?
0: Well, there's, everybody's different, of course, you know, I mean, each, each individual person, like, from Lionel Hampton had his ways, and Louis Belson had his beautiful ways, and, and Pearl Bailey had her ways, and, and, uh, you know, every, everybody, like, I worked for a month for Bobby Darin, that was an interesting, he was kind of uh, hard to work for, too, a little bit, but he sure was talented. I, I really admired him. But, um, yeah, you just, the, with Frank Sinatra, he was a private person. So, and I was warned that to not, like I, I told you, not to go near him too much, you know. And he, I did my politicking through the horn. He, uh, Irv Kotler, his drummer, told me, he said, man, he's got ears. He's got eyes. He knows you're there. And he hears you, and if he didn't, if he didn't like you, he would let you know. And I remember in Lady Luck, they call you Lady Luck, bop. and then I went they call you da 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 pop, and then the third one is a high E flat. You're supposed to like hit on the like grabbing a dime with your butt, you know, pop, and uh, and and I I bleaped it, you know. And he turns around, he goes, "You sure about that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and then of course uh, with Elvis, I. I had a solo behind him with the, uh, it's now or never. And uh, yeah, he had like a Spanish mariachi solo. And uh, uh, I s- messed it up one night I ble Audit or something. And he turns around and he wipes his face with his scarf and threw it at me. Of course, it only went about three feet or something. Right. Joe Grosio picked it up, handed it to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but that, that was Elvis, you know, and he, he, it was a job like you can imagine, but, but it was just being in the right place, at the right time, knowing the right people and being able to produce the, your, keep it up. You know, when you get the job, be able to, to keep it going, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, and we, and loyalty is another thing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I messed up on Harry Connick's band when I sent in a sub because I had a previous obligation to do a clinic. And when I got back, he didn't really treat me the same. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh yeah, Walt, we, uh, you we were gone for three days, you know? Yeah. But before that, he was introducing me and talking about the cases and joking with me and coming up, talking to me, but it was, chat changed, you know, Yeah. because yeah. I, I screwed up, Yeah. I guess, or I, you know, I, this, this, uh, clinic I had to do, I had a, an agreement to do it. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, well, yeah. know,
1: like when you are when you're talking about um, like, you know, playing, uh, you know, luck be a lady and, and, uh, you know, playing, you know, sour never. Um, yeah. I, I think when, when I think back to that, that period of time, um, Sinatra was um, like, and still to this day is one of the most recognizable uh, artists. Uh, you know, you, you just, you, you hear just, you know, two notes and you go, that's Frank, you know. And you'd be surprised
0: thing- how many people don't don't know who Frank Sinatra is nowadays.
1: Wow, wow.
0: Yeah, i I've just talked about that last night.
1: Yeah, well, I guess they all know who
0: Elvis is pretty much.
1: But yeah,
0: different America.
1: Yeah, but yeah, definitely, you know. Uh, it, well, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit you're a little bit younger than you, a decade younger than you. Uh, but you know, there there's still. Uh, you know Sinatra, especially at the point uh, point in time that that you were with him, you know that was, uh, you know, I, you know his, his heydays were were probably, I would say, what maybe the 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 sixties, uh, f- late fifties, really. 60s. He, he,
0: he spanned six generations, so right, because from the, 30s yeah. to the late thirties to, to the, the two thousand, right? You know, and I did his last concert or last tour of Fukuoka, Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked up with him on the, because uh, Natalie Cole was on the, the opening act and she brought her own lead trumpet, Dave Stahl. He was, and uh, so I, I went up to replace Dave and I walked with him and Hank Catania was next to me and he's smoking a cigarette, like he strikes, he throws it on the ground, gets up to the microphone, we play the intro, he goes, come fly with me. Like, where the hell am I? Yeah. And it, it kind of went downhill yeah. after that. He, he just... Uh, I think he drank a whole bottle of wine before. but Yeah, it was time for him, but I, I was hoping because, you know, I hear that's the greatest music in the world. Yeah. But then we, you know, his son took over the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have the eight-piece book right here in this closet uh, that I inherited from Frank Jr. And we have uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane's permission to use it as a tribute
2: because
0: mm-hmm. he, he owns the Sinatra Library. Oh, i so, didn't know that yeah he bought it and uh we all got a portion of that hmm. money yeah. and it was well. It, sinatra french sinatra jr inherited from his father and junior his sudden death in daytona beach on march sixteenth, two 2016. Uh, well, we were all there when that happened
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <sighs> this that's i mean yeah yeah that's...
1: you
0: can't count on anybody you know because here today
1: yeah yeah absolutely it just it
0: just it, yeah I mean, it could be i mean we never suspect that that's the last thing we expect from yeah yeah well, you know
1: well i i guess the the point i was I was uh trying to to establish was that you know working with with Sinatra that is and we talk about high profile gigs uh you know that is not just like one of the, the modern high profile gigs that, you know, to be able to say, you know, that you were a lead player for, you know, with Frank and then, you know, with Frank jr. Uh, going forward, uh, that, you know, that, that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. That's a big deal because the music, especially at that time was so recognizable and everybody knew the tunes, everybody knew the charts. And like you said, if you bleep a note, um, you know, it's going to stand out and, you know, Elvis, uh, you know, Elvis yeah, like I said, I,
0: I, I don't play soft,
1: you know. <laughs> so, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think that that it's it's so common um, for trumpet players, whether it's on that huge of a stage or whether it's just playing in a bar. know, uh, yeah, playing in a, in, a, in a bar band and, yeah, and adding in the, the, the chase thing, you know, another iconic uh, book, especially for a trumpet player. Um, to be in these really high-profile, recognizable situations, how do you deal with the the mental pressure that comes along with uh, being in this this You know, if, if you're playing, you know, if you're just playing jazz, uh, you know, eh, you, you 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 cuff here, you cuff there. Maybe nobody knows this, but when you're doing stuff that everybody knows how do you deal with that pressure of having to perform at that level?
0: I know, you know, I don't know exactly what you're talking about because you have to be prepared, you know, and like you said, preparedness means opportunity and you don't know what's around the corner. I mean, uh, you don't know what you're going to be doing this Saturday or, you know, or what, what you're going to have to play next week. So what should I, I, have a routine that I go through after breakfast every day. Just, just because I can, you know, I can I go I have an RV and I go to, up the hill where it's parked and I, I blow open, place these seven etudes out of the Mitch Gellin, uh, forty-four Magnum drills for trumpet, and they're they're really hard, you know. But <clears throat> I tried I try to make them harder by by taking them up an octave and. Playing them like soft and loud and and uh, diminuendo. <laughs> when I first got to <clears throat> Los Angeles, I was doing a lot of TV films, and uh, and on, on the trailers and the commercials, you have to like hold a note out and like trail it off like, uh, like diminuendo. And it went, I just come from Vegas, and it's like the trumpet becomes kind of like a water faucet or a radio. You turn it down too far, and it turns off. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so I had to and Malcolm McNabb bless his heart he showed me an exercise where he, you practice that <clears throat> you know and even uh uh Pappy Mitchell used to say you know if you want radishes you plant radishes you know if you want you know whatever you want yeah you practice that and that's what you get you know
1: <clears throat> well and, and speaking of which uh it, you have um you have a, a, a very dynamic sound, uh, you know, and, and that's, and it obviously, you know, that that's one of the things that, that has helped you through your career, uh, you know, in, in these, these different gigs that you've had. Um, but what's, you know, a lot of times people will think, oh, Walt, okay. He's the lead guy. He's that, that the high note guy, um, and whenever they think about that, then it's usually followed up by, well, he's a natural. Um, so the question is kind of be a, a two-part question. So the first one is, uh, was accessing the upper register and having that, that sound and that brilliance to your sound, was that something that came easy to you or did you work at it? Uh, and then the second part of the question is, because I kind of know what the answer is gonna be anyway, uh, is, you know, who were the people that were influential, uh, for you in developing your concepts of how to approach the horn?
0: Well, uh, yeah, I did work at it because, uh, I had a, a pretty good G in high school, you know, and, uh, to hit it, I guess I was doing something with my lip. Uh, and when I got back from Vietnam, I enrolled at the university of Nevada, um, and the, the teacher there was Charlie Turner, who happens to be, was Frank Sinatra's lead trumpet player. Great, great trumpet player. And uh, he saw what I was doing with my my bottom lip and he said, bring it in a little more. And he showed me that and my range went up uh, uh, substantially and that, and I, you have to develop that. And so like leaving that, that book I wrote, it, Double I in 10 minutes, it's, it, you learn that technique just like I, I just said about it. But it, it takes only just a few minutes to learn it and produce the double C. But then you have to develop those muscles in order to be able to sustain the, the you know, the, high, the loudness. And my my biggest uh, challenge was to make that upper uh, high gear embouchure sound the same as my low gear embouchure. So that's what I've been working on. I I think I've accomplished that. <clears throat> so to speak. You yeah. Know.
1: Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that fullness and, uh, resonance like you're, you're mentioning gazo earlier. Um, you know, that, that gazo kind of sound that just that wall of sound that is so rich and full.
0: Frank jr. used to say peeling paint.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And he used to say, "They come back to the brass and he said, what are you guys eating furniture? (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um and and that's actually one of the things that like we, that you said when you were talking about the book uh which is you know double high c in 10 minutes um one of the things that you said about that was just it's so profound and i think a lot of people miss the boat on this that Learn that skills like that, uh, whether it be playing high notes, improvising, or, you know, even, even in anything else uh, that you learn. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I was a professional martial arts instructor for a number of years. And, you know, I would tell people that, you know, there's no skill that's really earth shattering. I mean, there, there, there's nothing that's like super profound. It's all really simplistic. And you can learn how to do it in just a matter of moments. It's not a question of whether you can learn to do it. It's can you sustain it? Can you improve on it? Can you control it? And I think that's the thing is that a lot of times people look at uh, a skill like playing in the upper register of the trumpet as being uh, this uh, well one, of the people that look at it as a holy grail, I think, uh, and and put a little too much pressure on on themselves sure. to do. It. But uh, they make it more difficult than it needs to be in terms of the mechanics of it but then they're looking for this magic bullet that's going to give them the, not only the note, but it's going to give them the control and the sound and the endurance, and it's, it's all going to happen immediately. Uh, well, it doesn't
0: happen immediately, but it, 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 uh, with this method, uh, I've seen a lot of players, uh, and they've contacted me afterwards. That even a guy called me uh, today from, from Melbourne, Steve Allen is his name, uh, trumpet player, and he said, that uh, his father bought him the book when he was 15 and he's been doing it. He's like, he said, he's the top high note player in Australia. And uh, he, th- he was thanking me and he said that he was kind of doing it, but when he got my book, it, it, it kind of made it like it was all right, you know, changing his lip. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. And when I first wrote the book, I went to SC with John Thomas, was a professor out there.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I I gave a clinic and I had 10 trumpet players come up that wanted to that had never hit a high C in their range. Most of them, their range improved, but two of them were able to hit it, produce a double C for the first time ever, you know? So that that was like, gave me encouragement to put mm-hmm. the book out, so. Yeah.
1: Well, and
2: what's,
1: what's kind of funny, I, I think, um, and not not funny in a comical sense, but, but just kind of the, oh my gosh, I can't believe people are, are this way. Um, yeah, I, I've seen, especially like on forums, you know when when people uh, get on these 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 soapboxes about methodology and the dogma that that's uh, related to it, and you know, you'll you'll see somebody you know talk about uh, like your method or or other things like that and go. Well, no, you, you should only use, you should only use one embouchure. It, it's like, you know, this, this is it. And this is what my, because this is what my teacher told me. And, you know, you've got to, yeah. you've got to do like Farkas said, or you've got to do like Claude Gordon said, or you've got to do, and it's like tied into this, this one thing and, you know, and saying, you know, well, that doesn't work, but the way I kind of approach things is to try and keep an open mind uh, because if some, if there's one person that can do something then it means that there's a level of validity to it. And then if that method has been, a, been used by more than that person, if there are two or three other people that have been able to utilize it, then there is more validity to it. Now, it doesn't mean Alan, it's going yeah. to work for me. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't mean it's going to work for me because, right. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a different. Well, person. you have different teeth or you have
0: different a uh, different oral cavity or something, you know. It's, right. it's, and, and throat size is really, really important. That's, you were mentioning big sound. Now, I don't know, but I know Maynard Ferguson probably could take a handful of pills. But I can take a whole handful of pills without water. You know, I just got a big throat. Mm-hmm. And I think, and there's other guys that I've seen that they kind of have a small throat and they have a little eee! sound, you know, mm-hmm. it just because my, my method is smelling a rose backwards, um, yawning, or sticking your fingers in your mouth, how that feels. Yeah, Alan Colon, uh, he, he invented an air enhancer that you mm-hmm. stick in your mouth and when you stick in your mouth your throat opens you can try it. your throat opens and your throat has a memory and you remember how your throat you know we're getting into technical st- stuff again but but uh, that's that you you mentioned a big sound and i think your throat because so many teachers teach syllables and mm-hmm. syllables you're going you're trying to sing a high note no you're blowing a high note through your embouchure but Keeping your throat fully open and supporting your diaphragm. So that's mm-hmm. it. That's a, but no,
1: no, that, that that's, that's
0: uh, yeah, just in a, in a, but it works. It works, and I, I notice the difference when when I do like planks or or, or sit ups or or bicycling. It helps my my core, and it it really helps the high notes. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and you yeah, know, that
1: that's actually a really good, uh, that brings me to a really good question, I think, uh, or at least it's a good question for me. And then, you know, if everybody else enjoys it, then great. If not, eh, too bad, it's my show. Or uh, you can edit.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, you were talking about, uh, yeah, well, as you're talking about doing like planks and stuff like that, I remember reading um, uh, some uh, some stuff, uh, Bud, Bud Br- 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 Brisboys. Uh, and, and his, like doing the, his little military exercises and things like that. He was like the, the physical component of being a a trumpet player, the physical demands of being, uh, a lead player, um. So and you were talking about like you know playing a, you know playing a gig with with uh, John Madrid and all these other guys and know, uh, yeah, I know you did a lot of studio work uh, you know back in the the seventies and stuff like that and, you know, working with guys cool. like Gary Grant and and, and and Malcolm and and you know actually so you, the eighties
0: was more of the studio work yeah
1: yeah so yeah. like you know working working with a lot of really really you know some some of the some of the big names in the art industry you know some of the some of the greats uh, of our time um, did you. Were, were there things that you guys like kind of would were, were talk about and uh you know like share ideas, share concepts, share approaches? You know, was, was, there, a, was there a lot of uh
0: well, sure, uh, well, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were uh, you, the, most of the things you learn, there's something to learn from everyone. You know, I learned from, from Wayne Bergeron to Graham Young to George Graham, uh, Joe Davis. I mean, I you know, developing your chops with chewing gum to yeah, you know, I mean, it just. There's there's endless yeah I mean there's just things that you pick up from from little little things from people uh, along the way uh, how to how to count bars and uh, and you know how to not tap your foot and you know just just all these things for and you can think back of uh, you know uh, Warren Looning uh, telling me stuff to you know just how to warm up and no it's just uh, I it's you learn. You learn from the, the, the pros you know and, and watch them you know yeah. so and well, I, and, I, yeah. yeah yeah i mean
1: and and that's a, that's a, that's such a, an important statement i think because um uh, yeah i i'm not i'm not blowing smoke up your you know what whatever uh but um i mean as i said before you have had a career that uh, yeah, even one portion of your career would be. You know, most people would would. Uh, well, you know, it would be, it,
0: wouldn't it be impossible to do that nowadays, or uh, you know, I mean, there's there's gigs uh, like good gigs, uh, Tower Power, you know, uh, Celine Dion, and you know, and, and, uh, and gigs out of Vegas, and there's there's definitely gigs happening. Uh, so I, I think it, it could happen again for somebody. But, you know, it's not it's not out of the realm. Trumpet is not dead. No. Well, well, I, I, yeah, absolutely
1: not. And, you know, it, 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 there was a time when it, when it was on life support, but it's,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's still hanging on, you know, yeah, it sure it's, it's uh, like be nice to be back. You know, yeah. I, 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 we're, we're all tired of this. Yeah. You know, but, but what, what I meant was
1: that, um, you know, when you look at, you know, someone in, that, that has your resume and you're, you know, and talking about, you know, people like, you know, Wayne and, uh, Warren looning and you know all these these other you know, fantastic players some some with us still some some not anymore um, but it seemed to me that there's this uh, you know the this idea of like you're saying we all have something to learn from each other and that from my experience the people that are kind of at the the pinnacle that the rest of us mere mortals are looking at uh understand that and it's like you you're never you're never at a point where you're so good that you don't have something to learn from somebody else
0: well, that's, and, isn't that true isn't that true you know and and you know what tommy shepherd said or uh, said he said you know you got to be nice to the guy next to you because you might be working for him next week oh <laughs>
2: there,
0: there is that too
1: there there is that too yeah
0: but you yeah know, I mean, you know but no, it's true it's true you just, the, my motto of play the right note at the right time and you try to get along with everybody works and that's I don't I don't have any enemies I that I know of and uh, I just I keep it that way and if they if they want me to play uh you know call me but it's just uh it's just you're you're a victim. you can't there's obvious like guys that are like begging people for gigs, you know. It becomes obvious, and then there's the guys that show off their jobs. They like to like tell you, "Oh man, I've got this gig, and I got this gig." You know, you don't want to hear that necessarily unless you're unless you ask, you know. But yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, we're human. We're just people, right? Yeah. We're, yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
0: And and I, I'm sure that you know. Um, What's that mindful se- mindfulness secrets? What's that about?
1: That is my book. That is a book that I wrote uh a couple years ago.
0: And and in a nutshell,
1: what is it? Uh it is a book Unraveling the Secrets of Mindfulness, which are much like Trumpet, a hell of a lot more simple than people want to give it credit for. It's uh it's it's just a, mat- a matter of uh focusing your attention and just you know doing it. A second at a time, you know. It, it's the practice.
0: Living for now, or uh,
1: yeah, you know, uh, to to a degree, to a degree, it's, it's living for now. But uh, I think it's where people have a misunderstanding of of what mindfulness is. They think it's just about being in the present moment. The, the present is where we experience things, but the the past is what gives us a. Uh, gives us an understanding or context for our current experiences and then the future is what gives us impetus to to, to continue on because if there's only the present moment then why do anything you know uh yeah. the, the future well, is, is what gives us gives and, us vision and, and us i was drive.
0: thinking i was uh, no, no, i was thinking about it uh i'm 74 and um i mean probably at best 20 more years and 15, 10. I mean, look at all the people that have gone you know, before us, at, at, even in my age or you know, a few years beyond that, or 80. Years. But how old was Maynard when he passed? 76 or? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm 74. I mean, but, you know, comes unexpectedly. and uh, You know, so I've, I've decided like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make an album and with Rapture is uh steward is going to produce it and it's going to be like hip stuff man so uh yeah.
1: well yeah and you were you're talking to to me a little bit about that in our you know right before we started the the actual uh official hang yeah. uh let, let, let's talk about that a little bit uh you're 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 making music and you're you're uh you're keeping it fresh and keeping it new so what's uh what's well i've been working album? on this
0: i'm working on a, a song for for like a smooth jazz version of a song i hate the title it's called i can't feel my face when i'm with you and it's by the weekend but it's great beat and it's just kind of perfect for flugelhorn so uh i was recording that today after i went on i had <laughs> a, a concert in the park where they put me through the grill it was uh, anyway i but i've been working on uh, that project and uh Uh, As soon as he's done with his project uh, that he's working on now, in about three weeks, he's going to come out and we're going to start on the album. So it's smooth jazz album. And and this this time, this guy's connected, you know, because to get airplay, you got to know somebody and you got to know who to pay or I don't know. It's just he's got he's connected. Mm -hmm. So and he knows the right path. And you know, and and you need somebody like that. They're knowing the right people, being in the right place, the right time, knowing them, and Rapture. This steward, is, is an amazing guy. He used to uh, produce Aaliyah, Okay. And he's been uh, grant, nominated for Grammy a couple of times. So, yeah, yeah he's, the, he's got his own band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I mean, no, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's really excited about it because the Sinatra thing I've heard, and I have the book right here in the closet. I said. Uh, and I have a, a real good Sinatra impersonator, Henry Prego, he lives in Palm Springs. And uh, we just haven't, it hasn't happened yet, you know, and it just, i we got an eight piece book. It's very bookable, you know, because of the size and it sounds like, I don't know if you've heard it on Facebook. We put a clarity, we put a version of that uh, with the eight piece. Did you hear that on Facebook?
1: I did not hear that. I have to look that yeah, up. Check
0: it out. It's, it's, it's uh, with Henry Prego. He sounds just like Sinatra. Yeah. And, and almost a little looks like it, but we got the original players in the band to do this video, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's, and, but I, I just, I can't wait for people to, to, to Sinatra, so I'm going to do my own thing. You yeah. Know, just, why not, why not, you know? Yeah. Sinatra's been done, I guess it's been done, and people, but, I, but I'd like to make a living, you know?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that, that always helps. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah,
0: money, oh uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I oh, well, yeah.
0: I guess you can't make enough, you know.
1: Yeah, but, well, um, and, you know, we, we were talking about the book earlier too, you know, the uh, Double I-C in 10 Minutes. Um, that was that was published, ooh, when? Back in the, the was that in the, the late 70s or early 80s? You know,
0: yeah, well, I, in 1980, because we had a musician strike, and during that strike, six months for whatever strike, I wrote a, uh, I wrote this book, just try to, it's the money back, and I guess I have got the money back. But uh, Tim Cullen, about a few years back, <coughs> Cullen Publishing in Vancouver, he took over the book, and he sent me a, and you can go on his webpage and look at the most sales of every book that he's got, and he has well over 3,000 published uh, method books. The number one selling book on his webpage, Double see in 10 minutes. I, I mean, I can't believe it. I'm deeply humbled. I mean, it's like, come on. And but it it works, and I'm not ashamed of it because it uh, it's what I do, and it's what like this guy that called me from Australia today, that Steve Allen, he said he's been doing it for years, and he wanted to thank me. Yeah. And, and Mel Broyles wrote a review at at the uh, <clears throat> International Trumpet Guild. Uh, he wrote a review, a, a raving. He says about the the, the method. Mm-hmm. He said you might try it. It works. He's doing it, and he showed yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I, am not ashamed of that book, and it, I know it's the, the title sounds gimmicky, like 10 Easy Steps for Harmonica," you know, but uh, it's not. It's, it's, it's just it's a legitimate thing. You should try it, you know. It works. I'm,
1: I'm going to have to uh, uh, dig through my my box of method books because I have, I, I had a copy. I have to find it. I have to reread it, and uh, if I don't, uh, it is now available. Uh, well, in music
0: in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just happened to have it. And I, and I wrote a sequel. He had me write a sequel, which is called low gear, high gear, which is much more, a lot more etudes, a lot more s- deeper study mm-hmm. into and, uh, more exercises for expanding your tone up there, because that's, you know, when you first start s- hitting the high notes, I hate to say the word squeak, but you know, they're just like pin notes right? and then you had baby notes and then you have to Grow, you know, and that, yeah. and you get the muscles used to used to it, and it happens. So, yeah, technical shit. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's good that you are still
0: creating,
1: you know, and and that I have to, and I
0: have to. What, 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 without that, you're you're just mind numb, you know, like mind your mindfulness. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're without mindfulness.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so if that, and, and I think that.
1: Um that's good advice uh for anybody in in any respect that you know you know we a lot of times we set goals for ourselves and we we have ideas of what we want to accomplish in our lives and it's real easy to kind of want to rest on your laurels at some point and go okay well i've you know I've done enough um yeah. And I've had points in my life where I've, you know, I've set goals, I hit the goals and I, I kind of have that, that little lull, like, well, what's next, but I've always been able to motivate myself to, to, to go, okay, well, if I was able to do that, then that means that I wasn't, I, I really wasn't realistic about what my capabilities are. So I need to, I need to set a, a bigger goal. I need to do something more. Um, because to me, like uh, the the creative process, the learning process, those are the things that keep me feeling alive keep me feeling vibrant and and i feel like if if the day that i stop learning and stop growing that's a day that i'm on that's when i'm on my decline it has nothing to do with numbers of my my years it has to do with that mindset so i think for uh you know what you're you're kind of that perfect example because you know here you know you're you're uh you're a vibrant guy you know you're uh you're doing stuff you're you're creating you're full of energy you're full of life and uh you know you have every every right you know to to just kind of sit back but but you don't do that so i think that we
0: have that little voice in our mind don't we you, we all have it you know and i love the uh, with our, the, the uh, spanish pe- speaking people at the factory that in mexico they used to say Cala cabeza del mundo. you know and it's true everybody's is in their own little world you know so you tell yourself what to do. And just along your lines, you know, some, some things you, you start creating and you just you don't feel creative. You just go, go on to something else. But what changes that is music. Doesn't it change? Music creates a mood. My grandfather always said, what do you think music is, says in the dictionary? What do you think it says? What is music? What is music?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the
0: answer to that. It, music is organized sound. It creates a mood or a spirit, mm. and and it's true. You know, I I you don't feel like working out or you don't feel like going for a walk or something. Put in some Gerald Albright, man, and uh, man, it picks you right up, and you're just like, yeah, okay, you know. And then me, my grandfather taught me that he used to listen to Isom Jones, <laughs> and he'd get up and do the housework, you know. So it's just it's true that music is the mood and it can change your mood and make you pick you up. And that's, I, I believe in music. I mean, that's a corny, corny song, but yeah. Well, it,
1: you know, I, I did, I didn't realize that was a definition, but I always would, I have always said this, um, that, uh, art, not, not just music, but art, any kind of art. I believe that the, the, the fundamental purpose of any of art is that, it's a way that the artist can take their intentions and their emotions and they can use some other format to express those thoughts, intentions, and emotions to an audience of one or, 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 or thousands to replicate that same feeling in those other people.
0: And, and it will affect other people in different ways. Mm-hmm. You,
2: know,
0: you know, some people don't like rap music and some people don't like smooth jazz. They say mm-hmm. it's not smooth and it's not jazz. I disagree, I love smooth jazz. It's, it's what, I, I look at music as you're tuning on the radio and you know, you scan and what makes you stop at one? Because it's got a nice something, that's yeah. chromosome friendly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, his,
1: yeah and I think like for, for music, for, you know, and, and talking about trumpet, you know, uh, specifically, sometimes it's real easy to get lost in the technical aspects of things. Now, now granted, uh, technique is important. You know, I think, you know, the, the, the technical facility is definitely important. I think range is important. I think all these things, they're, they're ingredients that make a great trumpet player, but I'm also a firm believer that you can have the best technique in the world. You can have the best range in the world. Uh, but, If you don't have good feeling, if you don't have good emotion, if you don't have uh, a pure, uh, a pureness of expressing, uh, you know, a clarity of your intention uh, that no matter how good your technique is, it's still not going to be music. You know, it may be, it may be a good exercise. Uh, It may be interesting. To me, it's almost like a circus act, but it's not going to be real music because it's it's lacking that emotion
0: it's you're saying something you're, music is a language you know and you're saying you're speaking a language and uh you try to to say it as best as you can sometimes if you're limited by the the technique of it so my my advice to what you're saying is is to over prepare you know to be prepared like we're going back to that preparedness uh, and, and always stay prepared, because when you're able to create, that'll give you more facility to do so. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll be confident in and, 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 and your technique enough that you can play anything you want, you know, and hear it. And, but, every, but everybody has a different style and a different feel and a different different background, different, different uh, anatomy, you know, uh, for throat size and all that, like we're talking about, and a different sound. I mean, I, I I hear a different sound Arturo makes, and I hear a different sound that that Doc Severinsen has. You know, they all have their unique sound. Maynard had a bigger sound, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so it's just it's there's a uniqueness to our to our sound and our creativeness and our technique. So you have to get all those working together to get. It's yeah. it's copper trumpet. Unfortunately, it's a daily chore, man. It's just it's you know. People say you know I used to get home from a, a six hour double session, and I and I'd have to go out and, and practice. And boy, well, I hardly had anything to play all day, you know. You're just yeah. sitting there making money, you know.
1: Yeah. So speaking of which, I, what is your what what is a typical day for for Walt Johnson look like? Uh, in terms of of your approach to trumpet, your practice, your you know, what what are the things that you, that you work on uh, on a regular basis?
0: Well, I've I've taken the uh, the forty four Magnum drills for trumpet by Mitch Gellin, um, which is a book available you know online, and uh, I've uh, I play seven of those a day, and I try to take things up an octave uh, at the end and just make it harder. And uh, I've never really been able to to make it through without any pain you know, and it's it's okay because that's that's the idea. I want to hurt a little each day because I've, I've you know it's like weightlifting you know if you don't no pain, no gain I, and I believe that on trumpet it's uh It's just my style of playing I, I want to be able to to keep up you know the the, the hard playing if mm-hmm. I can but I, uh, at the meantime, I think I have uh, good style on uh, just low note playing too. I, You know, I have to play those kind of solos too and uh, and play under people. I try to be a good section player and, and I, it's very versatile. I try to do jack of all, master of a few, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, musical chameleon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll play uh, mariachi jobs or Chinese funerals, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. well you know we, we talked earlier about uh that concept of like having you know multiple lead players in the in a section and, and knowing you yeah. know, what what you know the knowing your position and knowing what what you would want so uh let me ask you this question what what does walt johnson want from uh from supporting cast you know if you're if you're coming in playing a lead book and you've got people that, that are coming in, what, what are the things that someone could provide to you that would make your job easier? Because I think a lot of times people don't, they don't understand that. They don't know uh, how to, to be in that support role and, and they, they can't read the mind of a lead player uh, all the time. So, you know, as-, as so your, of- your
0: wish is that the guy next to you will be a good lead player and that he will be a good uh, second player too. And in order to be a good second player, you have to listen to the guy who's playing lead and play under him, you know, and and, and phrase with him. And that, that's uh, and that's the kind of player I would want in a section always, you know. And uh, of course, I I've always been surrounded by other great jazz players, Steve Hustetter or Don Rader or just to go on a name, Buddy Childers, or just they're all great players, man. And and. For me to hog a solo and try to play bebop to compete with them doesn't even—I don't even do it, you know. And uh, there are other trumpet players that won't even take a, a blues chorus, you know. Not Dino never did, and I don't think Charlie Davis did. But uh, uh, but but I I'll take a blues chorus. I, I think I put a, so the 2020 blues on the, on Facebook. It got a whole bunch of views, but it was a great thing. We did it during the. uh, the pandemic, you know, yeah, but but uh, I'm getting off track, right? No,
1: no, oh. no, no. Oh. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good information. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, and the like. The reason I'm, I'm I was asking that question though was that you know you you have been in those positions where you've had like you're saying you know you have to you had to wear multiple hats, and. I think a lot of times people want to specialize, you know, it's like, well, you know, hey, I'm just a lead player. I'm just a jazz player. Um, And, you know, not having that ability to, uh, to not just play the book, you know, technically play the book, but actually to be part of the team of being able to understand what the requirements are, uh, you know what what's what's elite players' requirements what's the second player's requirements you know what 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 does it mean to actually hold down a third or a fourth book in a in a, a section um,
0: blending blending and uh, yeah r- blending uh, and following and intonation and tone and I'll just try to match everything that the, the the section and that's the perfect section of somebody that, that just plays together you know and uh, yeah. And uh, no, that's no, it's. I've experienced that a lot. It's a it's a great feeling, you know. It's fun. To, yeah. I still get fun. It's still fun <laughs> when, when it's right. When it's right, and, and you're really blowing. But but it can become uh, work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when you're out in the sun, you know, and uh, get your back, of your legs are getting sunburned, like today. Man, I and I complained. I said, maybe my legs are getting sunburned. And and the guy brought back his hat to put down there, and it kind of helped a little.
1: Yeah, playing playing those Manor charts out there in the sun.
0: Yeah, and he he made it second. He, okay. I, I don't want to talk about that. anymore. So
1: Yeah,
0: that was fun. I nailed the double beat, so I was happy.
1: Yeah, there there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> at at the end of the day, that that's that's really all that matters.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know. You, you know I have the mind of a trumpet player too, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody's thinking, yeah, I, I, why should I try to cover that up? You know, I played Maynard's Rocky today. Oh yeah, did you hit the beat?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, oh, gosh, man. Well, I could I could talk for like hours over some of the stuff. Well, but,
0: maybe, maybe we'll hang again or something, you know? Well, dude, I, I, yeah. I got. But- I mean, I know I got... Hundreds and hundreds of stories over the years, and, and I, uh, every once in a while, people bring them out of me, you know.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, we we do have we do have three segments that we have to get through before I can let oh. you go. Know. All right, and and uh, they they're gonna they're gonna cover three different kind of concepts. Uh, the first one uh, is a section a segment we call Sound Off, and this is sponsored by my good friend uh, Michael Barkley at Bi- Barkley Microphones. Um, and this is about your concepts of sound. And and as you were talking about, uh, being a lead player and kind of having that, that gazo peel the paint kind of sound, uh, yeah, just what, what are your approaches to not only the type of sound that, that you produce, uh, but, but ways that people can, can approach, uh, the very types of sound that, that trumpet can produce and, uh, you know, maybe some, some little. Little tips on sound. Well,
0: I, I one time I did a uh, Bob our wrote and was going to produce a Walt Johnson album. And he we had a session over at AR Records, and uh, he they had three microphones on me. And what I wanted at the time was what it sounds like to me in my head, what I'm hearing while I'm playing trumpet in my head. That's the way I wanted it to sound. And they, they were able to mix those between the three microphones and get that balance. And it, it sounded really fat and uh, edgy, fat and warm. Those are good adjectives, you know. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's what I, I go for. And, and of course, uh, when you're playing uh, TV films, I had to have a dark sound. And I remember <clears throat> going into Bob Reeves' mouthpiece and Doc Severtson was in there. He's always in there. He was, always, you know, and, uh, and I asked Bob, I said, can I try out some mouthpieces? I'm doing a lot of TV films that I need a darker sound. You know, it's something that would give me, and he's lined up 10 mouthpieces in there. Of course, I had mine in there, my colloquial that I played for all my life. And uh, so I played all of them. They turned their back, and they, uh, number one, number two, number three. And the one that sounded the darkest to them was the one that I've been playing for fifty years, man. So, so you know, it's it's the shape of you put your, you know, I, I tell people like when you didn't bring your flugelhorn, the trumpet can become a flugelhorn. You know, you can kind of shape the sound, and you know what I'm saying. It's a concept, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not, and you'll add a little bucket mute if you want, but you know, it's uh, I don't know, it's just that's concept. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right. That that's that's very cool. And, and I think that's uh, that's good advice uh, for people uh, to-, to Mouthpiece,
0: these mouthpiece switchers. Hey, did you know Lusso off? Did you know Lusso off? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Luz, you ever play with him? I did not, but uh, I, I have plenty of stories from friends who did play with him. And I, I've heard- About the mouthpieces, these, right? Yeah, all the mouthpieces on the stand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've said it the same on all of them. Yeah. And it was always great, you know, but,
1: yeah well you know it, it so, you know it that's so funny because some guys you know it's one one mouthpiece for everything, and then you've got uh you know Lou on the other end of the spectrum who who is like yeah i, I forget who says it. it's like it's like they said they were doing a gig with him it's, it's, it said it seems like every note he was playing a different mouthpiece
0: <laughs> like <you> know, <laughs> well then there's the uh the george George Giorgiani do you know him of of him I uh, no austin. Rhode Island or yeah, he invented a uh, the millennium mouthpiece. It's it's a very shallow and he gave me one and I was able to hit an F above double C on it one time and then I, I kind of lost it. It's like, how do I do it? I couldn't, I couldn't do it again. It's just, it's too shallow, yeah, So. Uh-huh. but it worked. It's like a bird whistle, <laughs> a dog whistle, you know?
1: a dog whistle. Yeah. yeah. Right well cool all right well th- and that's a great segue into our next uh, segment and uh this is geared up and this geared up is brought to us by uh my good friend doug mcveigh adventure mouthpieces uh where uh technology design and innovation intersect and uh this is about gear and um yeah, more more than More than just, you know, hey, you you already said, you know, you play Colicchio. That's, you know, that's a good one. But um, not so much about what gear specifically you play, but your approach to gear and, you know, how you go about uh, making those decisions on the gear that you play and and maybe some advice on people who, if if they're looking for uh, changing up their gear a little bit, um, how they they might approach it.
0: I remember back, I was playing a Proviance 4 Star K4 way back in the 60s and uh, it got, got lost or stolen or something and so I went to Dominic Calicchio to, to make me a mouthpiece and he, he just took this piece of brass, a little round piece of brass and, and he's got these tools and he starts carving it out and, and uh, he gets a hose and he blows the brass out of you know, and he says try this, you know. And and that, I've been playing that mouthpiece. What he told me about it, I've been playing it since 1967. And I played it today. I mean, that's that's a mouthpiece I use. He he said that he used the Mount Vernon backboard that goes straight, then flares. It's it it, it creates a response.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
0: made everything semi. He made semi round rim, semi round, semi V cup. Everything semi semi semi. semi which has just created a versatile mouthpiece. He knew what he was doing. He was a brass craftsman. Mm -hmm. And it's a 26 hole, I guess. And and, uh, which, you know, you need something to push on. You have to, you you can't have too wide open because that just, so you need something to pop and gives it a good response. And uh, the inner rim is what really gives you that, that pop, you know, and I had one, the only change I ever had was I uh, I had uh, the inner rim. Uh, uh, a guy took emery paper and went like that, just to just to smooth it out because it was during Bobby Darren, I had a, a zit on my lip that did I that that sharp mouthpiece kept opening it and it healed right. during the day. I put I went to a skin doctor. He put some medicine on it. But yeah, but I I couldn't. I had to play again. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So with, uh, with, with that Kalichio horn that you're playing, what, what model is the
0: the? Kalichio, it's a it's the lightweight, medium, large, and it's a two bell, two piece bell, and it. it the thing is, it's. I believe that the dead bell makes a difference. This has got this, you know that punk, mm-hmm. dead bell, and it's. But the valves are just had the bells redone. They're just beautiful, and it's got the compression. Yeah. That. It yeah. didn't have any of that before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I used to call it my calicchio.
2: <laughs> and, the and then
0: when the valves are like, I used to call it Uh huh. But now it's a calicchio. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's, a bad, it's born again. The horn is, it, I, it, it's like having a new pair of shoes that you used to wear for 30 years and your foot stayed the same. And, you know, you just went back into them. And it's like, wow. You know, so I'm excited about it, mm-hmm. the, the, the trumpet. It, yeah. and it's a, it was worth a thousand bucks to fix it
1: oh well yeah I, I think it's the thing that you know you, you find something that works for you i mean we, we all like to tinker and there's nothing wrong with tinkering but you know when when you find find what works it's uh and i think this is where where like what some of the the modern stuff is coming you know when, when you have a craftsman like like dominic uh you know that 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 you know, you, that's a world of its own. But he now, was amazing.
0: His hands, he'd throw my trumpet on this baseball bat and just throw it. Out. I said, "Hey, you know," and he, like, he just and he started beating it with a paper mallet. You know, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah.
2: But
1: now, you know, with technology, what what technology does give us is the ability to. uh to more consistently duplicate those, those, those things and to be able to, to do analysis and, and, you know, uh, measurements and, and things like that. To, so that, uh, yeah, cause I know a lot of guys that, you know, it's like, you know, I love, I love this horn. I love this mouthpiece. I love this, you know, this thing. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a 19. 40s Bach or you know it's a you know 1950s Coliquia or whatever and it's like you know but if anything happens to it I'm screwed you know because you can't get another one like that so you know being able to get get duplications and, and restorations that's I think that's going to be key because uh you know that when you find that thing that works man you know just well, look at the
0: saxophones with their uh, mark sixes and all those they, they they don't you can't get that metal anymore you know and yeah they're valuable. it keeps going up. and I think the same is true of the pliial, or especially the Chinese horns are you know the metal. it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah well, it's interesting what you said about the the dead bell because I know, you know um, most people are like you know you want to hear the ping, you want to hear the ring on stuff, so it'd be, well, it'd my, be my
0: theory is it that that the vibration goes it's like an, an amplifier instead of uh, absorbing. But maybe I don't know. I you know I, I I people say it doesn't make any difference. So I but I think it does.
1: Well, you know if it makes a difference to you, it <laughs> <makes a difference. laughs> you know that that's all that matters, my friends. All matters. Okay, here's our final segment. Our final segment is brought to us by friends at Robinson's Remedy, uh, providing you rapid relief for those uh, sore and busted chops after uh, having to play those double Bs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh this is a series of rapid fire questions they're going to be all over the place there's no rhyme or reason uh some things will be music some things won't but i just want to get your quickest response so we get a look into the mind of wolf johnson so uh and if you answer these fast enough you will win a very special prize
0: stickers bar um
1: hey we don't have that kind of budget
0: so i went i went for jury duty and the uh the judge before we go in he says if anybody can guess my middle name it was f was the initial he says there's a special prize for you and here's like 50 people in the room and under my breath i just said ferdinand and he said who said ferdinand you know, and I and he opens his door and throws me a stickers bar, and he says, "This may be all you get to eat today." You know, so. Well, you know, you
1: don't you don't want your jurors to be hangry. You know. <laughs>
0: and, and then when when I went into like they interviewed me and the, the lady didn't want to testify, I said, well, "What is she hiding?" Oh, I was like out of there. <laughs> 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 oh, that was funny.
2: All right, all right. So, well,
1: well, so here we're going to go. We're going to go with this uh, Rapid Fire Round series, and we're going to start with our first question, which is, who's the biggest influence on your life that is not a trumpet player?
0: uh that is not a trumpet player. Well, you know, uh, Christopher Parkin, uh, the gu- guitar player, was a big influence. He led me to Jesus Christ, you know, and that did change my life, of course, in 1986, uh, born again Christian, and, you know, he... He uh, he led me, led me there, but you know he didn't do the work, but he just led me to the But so Christopher Parker, I'd have to say. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, what is your favorite book?
0: My favorite book. I, I'm not really a reader, but um,
1: Double High C in ten minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I'd have to say that. But you know, I, I read the Bible, and uh, you know, I guess that that's. You know, I guess that's an obvious answer. So
1: I, yeah, well, it, it, it's the end You know, it's it's your yeah, answer, man. That, it is. You know, that's
0: pretty much the only thing I do really read with any intent. You know, like okay. manuals. You
1: know. Good enough. All right. What's the worst movie you've ever seen?
0: Oh, uh, was it called Wonderlust or Wonder? One Wonderlust.
1: Wonderlust. Okay. Wonder. All right. Uh, if you weren't a trumpet player, what would you want to be?
0: Probably a, a factory, uh, factory owner. I run a factory, you know, cause I like it, the cases. I, I did that for 30 years and you know, it's, it was fun.
1: Okay. Know. Great. Um, what is your favorite drink?
0: Uh, I, I like, uh, Patron. Ah, Patron uh, silver, uh, but, uh, you know, I, we all have to be careful.
1: Yeah. Limited, and- but, uh yeah, yeah I, I, I'm definitely an Añejo kind of guy, so.
0: Añejo, oh yeah, añejos.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> All right.
0: I, I lived in Mexico for eight years and uh, there were some Añejo nights.
1: Yeah,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you could have a dinner party and at this dinner party, you can invite any three living people, any three living people in the entire world who would you want to have at that party
0: in the whole world
1: in the whole world
0: my goodness I probably have uh yeah that's that's a tough one I mean I I my first answer was I'd have my children I have three kids I'd have you know my three kids but that that's that's not what the answer you're looking for you know I mean I would have uh ah dude that's a tough one man um you know, I don't know. I, 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 I want to say, uh, the president and, uh, you know, the head of the Congress and the the Supreme court or somebody just have just to talk to him. you know, but just, you know, I don't know what good that would do.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, at this dinner party, you're going to have three additional
0: guests. They could be any three people from history. All from history. Well, you, of course you want Maynard back. Okay. And, and you want, uh, you know Louis Armstrong and uh, three people. Well, huh? uh, Sinatra.
1: Okay. Yeah. There you go. You got you got you got you your your horn section and your singer. So that's <laughs> solid. All right, lacquer plated or raw? Uh,
0: probably probably raw. Raw. Probably raw. But I but I my, mine's gold plated and they had a silver plate at first. Uh, in order to go play it so it it, it condensed it a mm-hmm. little bit but I've tried to compensate for that they did sound better when I thought when it was just lacquer or just a lacquer horn you know mm-hmm. uh, the cliqueel. that's the way it used to be then uh, I had it plated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: okay
0: all right what's your favorite quote quote is uh well there's there's several but the one I think of uh, Tommy Shepard you know, being he says you gotta be nice to the guy next to you because you might be working for him next week. And uh you should have a smile on your face and a F you in your heart.
2: <laughs> I like that one. I think I
1: got a t shirt with that on. <laughs> All right. Um
0: what's your greatest fear? Dying, I guess. Uh you know, dying with a, uh, you know, everybody. I mean I'm just, yeah, on the freeway or sneezing while you're on the freeway.
1: Uh, yeah. And
0: your eyes closed when you sneeze, you know? You are mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, that's when you need that Tesla driving, you know, yeah, yeah. Auto driving.
1: That's one of the reasons I never bought a motorcycle. I just oh, because
0: yeah. you sneeze, huh?
1: Oh yeah, I've got bad allergies, and it's like oh man, that that would that would be it. Your eyes
0: closed. You can't sneeze with your eyes open, right? Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, you could be granted one superpower. What would it be?
0: Uh, we know, power over women, of course.
1: <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I don't, don't, I don't we all I... want that? I, 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 I don't even know if that's a real superpower. <laughs>
0: sure, it has to be because they're impossible. Uh, you
1: know? yeah, that is, yeah that 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 would they're, you, you yeah. would have you would have to be a, a superhero for that. <laughs> um, what aspect of trumpet playing do you feel is the most overrated?
0: Um. I'd say the fast bebop, yeah, really fast bebop is. It's I call it musical masturbation, you know, and it's just it's just you know these guys, yeah, yeah, that that is overdone because there's a lot of good slow notes, and I I admire people like Gerald Albright who can play like these licks that are just clean and good and soulful, you know, and but clean and he just he's got technique the best and. You Know as opposed to some other people I hear just running scales and just like guessing, yeah,
2: you know?
1: yeah, okay. Um, similar vein, what aspect of trumpet playing do you feel is the most underrated?
0: Uh, Bonda. Now, you're gonna think you're crazy, but uh, I can't do that stuff. That Banda, you, you ever heard of Bonda? No, come on. It's from Sinaloa, Mexico, and it's like they wind up, they've got uh, three trumpets, three clarinets, three valve trombones, a sousaphone, who's the star of the show, and three drummers and a vocalist. And they get wound up, and it's so like they play polka. And they get wound up and man when in person. It's like... So exciting and charged, but they, they they play out of tune, and it's like right, the the style is really hard. You have to be born into that, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've seen so. But uh, I I went. I used to go to Cate to this bar with Marisco, where you could get to, where they had banda playing live banda. But I stopped going there because it was a, the cartel shooting. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: yeah, well, that that would that would certainly- yeah. Sorry,
0: yeah, but 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 that music is exciting. If you ever get a chance to listen to Banda, oh man, and, and the tuba players, all the, the bubble, 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 bubble. it's like all over the place, you know, the virtuoso stuff. Oh, cool. I have
1: to check yeah. that out, sure. yeah, please, yeah, all
0: right,
1: absolutely. Um, you can go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice about music, what would it be?
0: Oh, there, there was a lot of Opportunities uh, where I I should have stood up and, and uh, played a solo or something when I could have, you know. At one time, Manny Klein was in the audience of the Wayne Newton show, and I was Wayne Newton's lead trumpet player, and he called called up for tenderly, and I could have played tenderly. I could have nailed it up to and hit a double C on it. I could have like really shown off on that and played it like tenderly, you know, but. I clammed up and the sax player took it, you know. And so, you know, that was a missed opportunity. But when I got to town, uh, Marion Klein got me my first TV show, which is called the San Pedro Beach Bums. And I did that for 26 weeks. And that turned out to be other studio players meet you and, you know, your network. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I got into all the studio work.
1: All right. Okay, cool. All right. Um, while you're back there, you're going to give your younger self one piece of advice about
2: life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, life, you just gotta live it, live it to the fullest, you know, but, uh, you know, everything doesn't always go the way you plan it, you know? So I would, uh, I don't have that regret. I feel like that song my way, you know, I don't have that regrets, but they you know, I, you know, you're bound to hit, hit your, uh, hit your head on the tunnel of life now and then, you know, and I have, you know, yeah. So, but uh, you pick yourself up. And, um, yeah. yeah. I don't know what else to say. You
2: know?
1: Well, well, uh, there's no, not much more to say. All right. My final question for you, Walt Johnson. What do you want your legacy to be?
0: Oh, it's already there. Man. <laughs> look, at, look at those gold records back there, see? And my, my cases, see those? And the, and the, the Vietnam uh, Army Award. And the, the picture of me of, with Sinatra. Picture here with me with Maynard. Man. Look at this. Nice. And he signed it. Did you know what Maynard and Pete Condolee's first name was? Walter. Uh, you do. You're right. Yeah.
1: They were Walt's as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he signed a Walt Maynard Ferguson. So to Walt. You-
1: to Walt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Well. Uh, it has been a pleasure
0: yeah, thank you. Hanging
1: with you. Look at this
0: an hour, an hour and a half, man. Oh I mean,
1: my God, it's just, it's just gone. It's went gone by. I, I see? Yeah, I see. yeah. I mean, it, um, I you said yeah. You, 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 you've got so many stories. I'm sure that would just be so uh, educational, inspirational, scary, maybe <laughs> in some cases. Uh, but
0: well, well you want to, you want to hear just, just when I was like playing high notes in Vietnam and. and uh, um. In the green line, you know, and there were some natives, a bunch of, and, and the, they started. To, I was playing up high, like scales, and they, they came over. And I, every time I'd hit a high note, they go, woo, woo, you know, the whole crowd is like, woo, woo. woo. And I saw so this one guy who I had spoken to before, he speak spoke a little English. So I, I said, Oh, you guys like high notes? He said, No, your tongue's all red. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah.
1: uh, oh well all
0: right that's a story right
1: that, that's a great story <laughs> that is a great story and i'm sure that's just that's just one of a million that that you have it we'll, we'll have to get you back on for for another hang uh, oh if
0: everybody wants it i you know i i think i'm boring man but uh
1: yeah. Oh no, man! Thank you. Uh, no, it, this this is thank you for great. asking me. I appreciate oh, it. and uh, you know, make sure uh, and, and let me know when when uh, when your new release is is. I ready. will. Yeah,
0: I'm going to be working on it, and will be out prior to it by Christmas or something. Uh, and is is the new the new book is already released? Yeah, it's on the well in the uh, low gear high gear book. Yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, if if you want to pick up a copy of uh, either uh, low gear high gear or the original classic double high C in 10 minutes, just check the show notes and there'll be a link in there for that. And uh thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, if you haven't if you haven't listened to any of the stuff that that Walt has done over the years, I mean you can certainly go back and, and listen to some of the classic recordings, uh, lots of stuff on YouTube. Um uh, Trump, uh, trumpet
0: scroll was that the oh that's my first album yeah
1: your first album mm-hmm. uh the the chase stuff uh, every once in a while I, I see a video uh you know or, or a link pop up of like oh check out this and it's a it's the superman uh well,
0: one see. of my great you had to yeah but my greatest uh moment and i was sick with the flu is uh the, the the monterey jazz festival uh, 1980, was it, with Lionel Hampton. And Louis Bellson I went down and played Birth of the Blues, Cat Anderson's part. It goes up to an E above double C. And uh, God took my lip that night, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, it, 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 it was in better hands then. <laughs> yeah, time. it was,
0: because I was sick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, and, and he made me do it three times. Of course, he, he he was like that. He made you do it till you couldn't do it. That was his, like, rubbing it in or something. I don't know. Lionel had a weird personality and made you wait in line to get paid, you know, waiting for your check. And here you're tired. You've been blowing, like, all night. Four hours, hard-blowing. And you're sitting, he's sitting at a table with a checkbook, and you're, like, walking up to him. Eh, okay. But hey, you know, he was an icon.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he had a
0: lot of He's still going. I mean, the the band is still going. On. Albums, yeah. traveling, the Ghost Band.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, there are, there's still a, a lot of Ghost Bands out there and, and, and some of them are just really kicking butt. You know, uh, the, yeah. the, the Basie Ghost Band is just, uh, that's amazing. That is just a killer band.
0: I'll bet. I love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I love yeah, those yeah. Yeah, my 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 buddy Frank Green plays the lead book on that. Oh. Frank Frank is just a beast. Yeah, tell
0: him hello. I I know Frank. Yeah. 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 yeah he main
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. good guy. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. We're we're gonna stay in touch. I guarantee you. And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, folks, if, if you don't, if you don't know Walt, you got to start digging into that because uh, there's a phenomenal.
0: something. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it.
1: So thank you for, for hanging with me, Walt. And thank you for joining this episode of the hang and uh, make sure you like subscribe, uh, whatever you need to do to, uh, to stay in touch with us. Uh, and as always peace and slide grease. Peace and love.
0: Thank you,
1: man. All right. Adios. Thanks for hanging with us today. This podcast is all about creating deeper connections through our mutual love of music and the trumpet life. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also like and share this episode with a friend. We want to see The Hang grow for show. Please support our sponsors and consider becoming a personal supporter of this podcast as well. Remember, for less than the price of a bottle of valve oil a month, you can keep this podcast moving smoothly. The Trumpet Guru's Hang is recorded at The Candy Factory, a co-working space and social club located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Jose Johnson is the executive producer. Post-production editing is by Mitch Bowers. Our opening theme song was composed and performed by Lexi Signor. And our closing theme music comes courtesy of The Greatest Funeral Ever. Incidental music is by Ethan Swayze and Jose Johnson. Graphic design by Ann Kirby of The Sweet Corps. The Trumpet Guru's Hang podcast is produced in collaboration with the So Good Lancaster Media Group.